Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Kai Gilmore to talk about the song You'll Miss Me off of Lincoln. Here we go! Hi, Kai. Hi, Kai. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How are things in Jersey? Good. I Jersey. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, what? What town are you in? Montclair. Montclair. I, without looking that up on a map, what? Where? Where is that in relation to like a bigger city? I would know. It is. I've, yeah, I've been miles to Jersey City and Trenton. I've, I've been to Trenton. It's beautiful. Right. It's, it's like in between Jersey City and New York City. So it's like 12 miles from NYC. So okay. pretty north. Yeah. Gotcha. So not too far. Um, have, you, have you ever seen them in NYC? I When I was a very young child, I saw them at, I think, Le Poisson Rouge twice, maybe. Oh, but okay. in my adult years, I have only seen them in either Jersey or Boston, where I'm going to school. Oh, yes. So, yeah, we need to catch people up on, um, remind people of who you are, because it's been um, it's been two years or three years since the Infinity episode. At least two. Because it was in, like, January or something, wasn't it? it was I pretty think early. so. I think it's pretty early in 2021, so I think it's been you know like a, a two years and change. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could look that up, but I am lazy. So <laughs> um, <laughs> there are records of these things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you are lazy, right? Ah, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the first time we talked, you were. I mean, you currently still are the youngest guest I've ever had on the pod because the wow. first time around, you were 16, right? At the I time? think, I guess, newly 17 if it was January. Newly 17, yeah. Is your birthday in December? My birthday's New Year's Day, so. New Year's Day! <laughs> wow! That must have been fun for mom to <laughs> in the new year. Right. Popping out a kid. That's, uh, yeah. 
Do you have any brothers or sisters? I don't know if I asked you last I have time. a younger sister who's going to be, oh my God, she's going to be 16 in a few days. That makes Ooh. me feel, she was my, my age when I did the first episode. Now that's, that's crazy to think about. That is crazy. Is she getting her driver's license? I don't think she's, I think she took the test maybe, but she doesn't have a license yet. I don't have one yeah. either. Cause <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds terrifying to me as a, as a parent now. Right. To think about my girls uh, behind the wheel, but Zinni's not even five, so I got, I got some time. <laughs> Ten years. I got some time. Yeah. So you were just freshly seventeen then Whoa. when we talked. So you were the youngest uh, person on the show, and I remember arranging it. Well, so I was like, all I'm thinking is like, okay, they're they're a TMBG fan. That's like the great equalizer, you know. Like I've talked to <laughs> my parents are both over 70. They've been on the show. I've had other people in their 60s. I've had people 60s, 50s, 40s, <laughs> 30s, 20s, and in teens. Um, I never had anyone in the single digits on, but uh, the plan, and I don't know why we haven't done this yet, but my niece and probably both both my nieces are, are going to be on the Roy G. Biv episode. And we should, I don't, I don't know, we've had that in the plans for so long because it was like their favorite They Might Be Giant song growing up. Uh, you know, when they were little, like my sister had sent me videos of them, like in the bathtub, you know, little, the two little girls taking a bath together in the tub singing Roy G. Biff. <laughs> I think I still have that recording somewhere. Aww. Play the audio of that. Yeah, get good, you know, good acoustics in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Some natural reverb. Um, and I actually will have, um, yeah, I guess your, your record as the youngest guest is about to be uh, uh, broken. Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah. So when I talk to you, I'm like, okay, we're Team BG fans. You know, I've talked to famous people. I've talked to all, a lot of, you know, our regular folks, uh, fans and not even thinking like, oh, you know, you're, uh, you're a young Team BG fan. And then, um, and then like your mom <laughs> like was like stalking me on Facebook to figure <laughs> out who this guy was. Who oh, is this guy? Yeah. And then it's just like, like, I'm just like, we're just going to talk about rock music or whatever. And then it dawns on me. I'm like, because I guess it would have been 39 at the time. A 39-year-old guy is calling a 17-year-old girl on the phone. That's kind of creepy if like, you know, I don't know, like in like in any other circumstance or something. And I'm like, probably should have gotten approval. So I did end up talking to your mom then, you right. know, and, and she was okay with it. She's like, oh, I found out you were you know, not some weirdo, you know. <laughs> And so, so now I've had to do that again. Like just recently, um, there's this uh, this girl named uh, uh, Isabel. Yeah, Isabel, not Isabella. Isabel. And um, they contacted me. She contacted me on Instagram and said, "Oh, I, you know, what's the pro? What, how do I get on the show? I just started listening. What do you have to do to be a guest, etc." And didn't mention their. Uh, her age right off the bat and so we're just chatting and i'm like oh yeah. you do this and then you know um I, I don't like vet my guests i guess but like i have so much i have so many guests that i, I can't say i've really turned anyone away but usually like i like to talk to them a little bit first before right. you know so they're not just like hey can i be on the show sure you know it's usually a little <laughs> more than that right um because i got people that wait you know a year or two to to, to just chilling on the spreadsheet so so then she goes, well, the only problem is that I'm 16. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, tell me how to contact your mom or dad. Right. 
<laughs> and so I've been talking to her mom on uh, Instagram then, who is about my age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we waited a really long time to have kids. So like I'm I'm like grandpa dad, <laughs> a 41, almost 42 year old with a with a five year old and a two year old. Uh, Ramona turns two. By the time this comes out, she'll be two. She turns two in uh, five days. Oh. Yeah. And so I talked to her mom. And, of course, the mom had gotten uh, Isabel into They Might Be Giants. And, you know, I just told her a little bit about me. And we were just chatting a bunch. And then she's like, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, you can be on the call, too, if you want. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm busy. No, you're, you're, you're fine. She can do it. <laughs> um, and she picked um, Can You Find It? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, all of like the young, all of us young, younger fans picking like the kids songs. <laughs> I know, right? Even though like you've outgrown them, they've like stuck with you. Right. Do you still listen to songs like Infinity and the the you know the kids song albums now that you are a proper adult? Because you're wait nineteen. You're nineteen. 19. Yeah. Do you still listen to the kids albums, or have you pushed them aside for the adult Team BG stuff? I do. I listen to Here Come the One Two Threes more than some of the adult albums. Like yeah. that, the first like the Dis- the first four, honestly, because I was a- I just missed the mark to listen to No as a kid. But now that uh-huh. I'm listening to it now, it's like these are like <laughs> amazing, and like yeah. I I kind of don't love Why just because it isn't. It, it doesn't have like a set topic for it and it's just like random songs. Yeah. yeah. And I guess it's for like the new generation of children. <laughs> but yeah, I still I still bump. <laughs> I still bump the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Got some bangers on there. Got some bops, <laughs> as the kids say. Um the yeah, it, it's crazy to think like, you know, because when you get older, it is true that like time seems to go faster when you're older and you know it's like right. I can't believe Ramona's two already. You were just turned one. What happened? Um, you know, and like, Zinni will be going to kindergarten in a year. Um, oh. So that's just crazy. Um, but like the span between kids' albums was, so No came out in 2002, and then Y came out in 2015? Yeah. Let me, yeah. So, yes. Um, yeah, 2015. So the span between the, their kids' albums, their five kids' albums, only span 13 years. Now, for someone who is a teenager, 13 years is most of your time being on this <laughs> <Right>. earth. <laughs> Where to a 42-year-old, uh, that seems like nothing. It seems like, okay, right. they just did kids' albums for like a little bit. <laughs> well, also, if you think of it in terms of the band's longevity, like they've been a band for 40 years. Yeah. Now, and only 13 of those years were they making kids' albums. Right. So it's like only like a little over a fourth, a quarter of their career were they making kids' albums. Right. So, but yeah, you grow up a lot between like, you know, Here Comes Science was 2009, and then they didn't put out another kids' album until 2015, so six years. Yeah. You know, a kid who's is eight and might be into Here Comes Science, you know, is going to be a full-on like high schooler, and they're not going to want to listen to a kid's album then usually. Right. You know, so. Um, so you still jam on those kids releases, except for why, um, <laughs> no is a good one too. And yeah. I know they just put out a, um, TMBS comp for that. Uh, I was on, let's see, I think purple pansies. We did one. Oops. TMBS dot Yeah. You can go, um, by uh yeah everyone on tmbs.bandcamp.com the no compilation uh is name your price but all the proceeds i believe go to 
it's some uh it's one of the organizations fighting for uh abortion rights and um yeah pro pro uh pro choice i'm trying to remember i'll have to ask at calamity actually um because they <laughs> we all thought it was funny because it's like a kid's album pro abortion kids <laughs> cover <laughs> <laughs> don't let them listen. You know, we want we want kids who were, you know, the <laughs> Anyway, it's a complicated topic. We don't need to get out of that. And um yeah. So you're going to where are you going to school? I'm going to Berkeley College of Music. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, I knew cuz I had watched videos of you, like your mom had started sending me like proud mom videos of you, like oh on stage, rocking the accordion and playing some different <laughs> stuff. And because you did like, because you were in the school of rock and you guys did some TMBG stuff yeah, back in the day. Weeded in, I was like, Please. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what song you. I think there's when you were singing lead vocals and playing accordion. Do you I remember what song it was? Doctor Worm, I think it was. Yeah, I th- I think you're right. Berkeley, that man. <laughs> Congratulations, that is amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah, I definitely feel that, you know, deep in my music teacher soul, it's like, you know, you love to hear stuff like that. And one of my students who I started on guitar lessons in second grade, and I taught him till I left Bloomington, so I taught him in like second, third, fourth grade. He kept on taking guitar lessons. He started saxophone. Um, he got into Berkeley for guitar performance, decided oh. instead to stay within the state and go to Jacobs uh, School of Music, which mm. is also a very well-renowned uh, school of music. Um, wanted to stay close to home, but that was a very proud teacher moment, knowing that I was <laughs> the one that taught him his very first things on guitar, and now he's a yeah. guitar performance major starting in the fall um, at a very you know hard to i mean guitar performance the 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 competition has got to be insane oh my god so are you in on like um a certain instrument performance major or how does that even yeah it's like we have to declare a major by third semester so i'm in the process of declaring performance for piano right now piano okay cool was that your first instrument that you learned it was at I think five years old I started. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, Kara's my wife's cousin used to work at Berkeley in like the admin stuff. She uh, is a trombonist and she toured with uh, Blast. Do you know what oh, that is? Yeah, it's kind of like a, a drum. Uh, uh Marine Corps type, you know, like uh, it's just percussion and brass. Why? Like, why am I blanking on? Because it's not drum corps, it's, um, what do they call that? Where it's just drums and brass. Like, it's essentially marching band, but yeah. no woodwinds allowed. <laughs> I, you, yeah, know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so she toured with, with Blast, and uh, and that's, like, very competitive, too, to get in on one of the touring yeah. groups with that. So And then she worked at Berkeley, yeah. So now she's down in Florida. Yeah. Anyway, um, that is very cool. Congratulations. That is very exciting. How's it going so far? It's really good. It's a lot different than I thought it would be. Like I thought yeah, it would be way mean? more I thought it would be way more pretentious, but like everybody is so chill there and like the classes are so cool. Last semester I took a microtonal ear training class and it was Jesus. Like- <laughs> <laughs> so now you can talk all about McCafferty's bib. Right, and with I full I, authority. On, right on the wiki, I like transcribed the chords with Flow Wheeler oh. and Dog, so it's like Oh. I had to write like mm. two paragraphs before each. Like, this is what a septimal third is. 
Okay, wait, I'm going to go look at this. Right. Yeah, this is stuff I wouldn't know. I'm sure we talked about it, you know, my music ed major at some point. But, like, yeah. we covered a lot of stuff because we also had to take regular education classes right. through the School of Ed as well as music stuff, learn all the all the methods classes to learn every band instrument and every orchestra right. instrument and ethnomusicology and lots of theory and conducting and blah, blah, blah. Let me look this up. So, uh, dog. Let me look up dog. They have a lot of songs with dog in the title. Right. Uh, dog on Fire. Do you know that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the, isn't that like the Daily Show <laughs> that or was, something? Yes, yeah. Which was not written by them, but the, the version on John Stewart's tenure was yeah. performed by them, written by Bob Mould of Fusker Du. Um, and that's a pretty cool combination. A right. Bob Mould pens song played by the MIP Giants. Okay, so in the guitar tab of Dog... Yeah. Important note, since the song is in 31 <laughs> tone equal temperament, Linnell does not play any dot, 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 normal people chords. <laughs> the notation system will rely on intervals rather than chords. Okay, yeah, this is, um. did I have anyone claim dog? I mean, we should have you do dog. Right. I mean, because I know someone claimed McCafferty's bib. Dog, mm-hmm. no, not youth culture killed my dog. No, not hot dog. No, not dog walker. <laughs> Not walking my cat named dog. There we go. Okay, it is claimed by a young Irish chap. Man, I haven't talked to Coleman in a while. Yeah, that's cool, though. But we will definitely, um, I mean, now that I know that. So, wait, are you Sapphire Bullets, then? I am, yeah. Okay. How would you snag that one? Someone, I feel like someone, like, when you were in diapers, would have snagged that. Right. Right, like, off the album. It's like. I got it. Septimal minor third starting from C. This is amazing. I did love our 20th century composition class because we did a bunch of cool experiments where we'd um, write something in like the whole tone scale, which like when when you're used to just, you know, mainly major and minor, I mean, like something like Dorian, you might not notice, be like, oh, it sounds minor. You might not notice that it's not in just, you know, you know, plain old minor. Um, But like a whole tone scale, like people right. like like make would make like strange faces be like what is wrong with this song it sounds awful right. um and stuff where like we use like random generators or like roll dice to like decide what pitch would come <laughs> next or what what rhythmic value would come next or something and you just come up with these really fucked up songs you know we'd be putting them right. in uh i think we we're using finale at the time software um yeah, and we're all just in the music lab, just like check out, check out this song. <laughs> it sounds so crazy. <laughs> it's so fun, man. A class on so because I did, we did get quiz on intervals, you know, but it was just like, okay, that's a perfect fourth, or you know, that's a, a yeah. you know a minor second or whatever. And that takes some, you know, training and stuff too. I mean, I attempted to do some like uh, easy version of that with my seventh and eighth graders this past year and right. whew, some kids really got it but i ended up <laughs> needing to grade this test on a curve because it was just so many kids just tanked it yeah. i'm like okay i guess we didn't quite have enough time it was coming to the end of the school year and we're just like this is my yeah. last unit let's see if i can do this um yeah these this is extensive notes here i like this <laughs> and then you said you did mccafferty's bib too uh, i did flow wheeler flow wheeler so you are the you are the true fan with the, you know doing um, songs from 
escape team in my murder domains. <laughs> yeah. You're not fucking around. These aren't even done streaming. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, I guess they technically are being on YouTube. I don't know why they don't just put them on yeah. Spotify. Right. So you want to put them in your playlists. Literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, and how's all your piano like performance and stuff going? Do you have to take like like crazy piano tests? Because like I had to pass all these piano proficiency tests uh, yeah, to get my music every, degree. At the end of every semester, like we have two repertoire pieces that we have to play at the end. One of them, like written as sheet music, both memorized, and one as a lead sheet, just memorized. Mm-hmm. And then we have scales, arpeggios, chord progressions. And it, it's, it's so stressful towards the end of the oh year. Oh, my like, God. Because oh, they do fingering for scales. This semester, it was jazz melodic, traditional melodic, and harmonic, all 12 keys, all sure. minor arpeggios, <laughs> one, four, five in all keys in minor, <laughs> one, sure. six, two, five. And yeah. it, was, <laughs> it wow. was crazy. But... One, six, two, five. That's a solid progression. Yeah, some of the tests that we had to take nearly broke me too like stuff where like because piano has never come naturally to me i didn't take mm-hmm. i didn't take piano lessons until i was in college because i was a trombone mm-hmm. trombonist that was my scholarship instrument you know i started that in fifth grade and then i started drum set in eighth grade and added on you know mallet percussion and stuff like that as i went yeah. along you know and i played trombone in this my college bands from freshman year to junior year and then or no Freshman year, sophomore year, and senior year, I played trombone. Junior year, uh, just to stretch out a bit, I did baritone uh, in band Ooh. instead, just to get some fingering practice down with valves. Um, but yeah, we had to. So we had to take a le- we had to take lessons in our major instrument, and we all had to take piano lessons. Um, and mm. I also learned guitar for my elementary ed uh, class. I never knew real guitar chords until I was eighteen, either nineteen. Right. I would play in drop D. <laughs> One finger. <laughs> um, yeah, learning like Brain Stew by Green Day in drop D. Oh. Pretty, pretty fun. You just go down the frets. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. Chromatic for the most part. Um, but sight reading would kill me because like piano, <laughs> even today, like I can, I can play some decent stuff on piano and anything I needed to like accompany, you know, my elementary classes was never a problem, but I'd still want to practice it just so I'm comfortable enough to like be able to like make a face at little Johnny if he's like pulling little Susie's hair, you know, like while I'm stuck <laughs> right. behind the piano, be like, you know, and be able to, you know, keep playing while I'm doing yeah. that or while I'm saying something or like directing them um, and, you know, keep playing. Um, but like sight reading was always tough, like two handed sight reading. Like if it was one handed, yeah. it'd be fine. Um, I also had to get better at treble clef when I got to college cause I'd been a bass clef guy my <laughs> right. whole life. Um, and now I feel like I'm better at reading treble clef just cause I've taught it so much. Yeah. It's a weird thing. But then we had to accompany someone. So I accompanied my friend playing trombone and I accompanied him on piano. We had to do stuff where they put a, a piece of music in front of you. So it was not only sight reading, but then they're like, transpose it up a step. Or, like, transpose oh. this. Yeah, so, like, it's sight reading, but upset. So, basically, you're reading the intervals. Like, your brain, like, the only way to, yeah. like, get past it is, like, and that might have been just, like, a melodic thing. They're, like, play this melody, but in this key. So, you're just, like, okay, like, you know, that's a fifth. You know, like, you know, just, you know, get that one, find where the one is, and then go from there. Um, but it nearly broke me. I'm like, I can't believe I passed that shit, because it was so <laughs> hard for me. Um, 
Anywho, I yeah, I can't wait what to, uh, to see where you go with all this. What um, what are your like dreams as far as a musician? Like when you graduate, like do you, are you thinking past that already? Not really. Like I know I just want to do ensemble stuff because I like playing with other people. But like wherever that takes me, we'll see. <laughs> And does Berkeley? Can, I mean, I'm assuming you could stay there and do like a master's in performance and stuff like that. Or? I believe, I think so, because I know some people like for some reason at Berkeley it's not like freshman sophomore. It's like I'm a I'm a second semester, so like I'm a oh. like rising third semester student. So I think there are like ninth and tenth semester for like graduate gotcha. graduate stuff. Yeah, because I mean I'm married to someone with a PhD who's a tenure <laughs> professor now, so like. I've only done like a, a handful of master's level classes, which was mostly to do like, I would do like, uh, like I don't know if how much you know about the major, like the music ed uh, philosophies, like uh, Orff Schulwerk and Kodai and Delcaros and all mm-hmm. that. So I've done certifications in those uh, that are like master's level classes. But like Kara was in school for forever, and we had a. a f- <laughs> A funny thing uh, popped up when she was doing, she was doing some volunteer work in the elementary schools with uh, like ENL kids. Uh, she's a mm-hmm. Spanish professor. And so while she was still in school, she would go and like she'd help some of those kids out, um, you know, reading English and stuff like that. And she would talk to them in Spanish and they would ask her like, oh, what do you do? And she's like, well, I'm in school too. Oh, what grade are you in? And then she's like, well because you know like it's like 18 (laughs) more than that because we figured out like okay so 12th grade is senior year so if you think you know we we met in undergrad so so then freshman year of college would be 13th so college would be 13th 14th 15th 16th grade then her master's would have been 17th 18th grade and then she's like deep into her phd so it's like 19th 20th she's like i'm in 21st grade (laughs) what (laughs) like that's not a thing and and she's like yeah they don't call it that but i guess if you numbered up there that's what it would be you know she took four years of college and then uh, eight years of oh yeah two years of masters and six years for her phd and yeah and now she, her dissertation is a book now you can buy on amazon even it's expensive because it's like one of those like you know textbooks at the college level they such a scam they rip you off Right. I think you can get hers as like an ebook for 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 a reasonable price, but the hardcover is yeah. like a hundred dollars or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe more. <laughs> um, yeah, and and you'll probably meet some people that will also go on to like do like crazy cool things, like right. um, when um, my yeah, Car's cousin, she she went to Berkeley too, and then she later worked at Berkeley. So she went to Berkeley for trauma performance, and she knew John Mayer. They were in school together. Oh, there. my goodness. So, like, you know, she knew him before he was famous. So that was, like, you know, pretty cool. And and you'll be famous one day. You'll be a famous <laughs> accordionist. You're going to bring accordion to the masses again, you know, uh, maybe you'll, you know, when John Linnell's too old and like his back, he just can't, can't, you know, can't do accordion anymore. You'll fill in, you know, you'll be there touring accordionist. <laughs> How rad would that be? That would be amazing. <laughs> so since we talked last time, have you seen Team G at all live? 
I've seen them four times since then, and <laughs> yeah. coming in July. Cool. <laughs> I'm like already on the like as many as I can. Before. Yeah, like, like John Lennell's birthday was the other day, and like they're in their sixties now. I, I I don't have much time left. I don't want to say that. Well, I guess twenty years is a lot to me, but like yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've been a band for forty years. You, yeah. yeah, you haven't even been alive for t- half that. Right. Um, I'm gonna find out exactly when that episode was that you were on. Okay, this. Right. Uh, I guess I just search for. I think I can search within this for infinity. Let's see. Sort. Blah. Ah. Infinity. This might be okay. All right, it was one t- episode one twenty six. This episode is going to be like uh, two forty or something like that. Uh, so this okay. was April eighth, twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah, that that came out. We may have recorded it like a little bit before because I usually have like a buffer there. But yeah, good song. I mean, yeah, you you have a claim to fame also that you've you did the episode for the only song that dan miller sings lead on so that's cool yep and he he co-wrote it with his friend and we talked all about that so people should go listen to that episode and they can hear your full phantom story there so that's episode 126 yeah Yeah. oh yeah kylie gilmore is a 17 year old team bg fan yeah who grew up on the 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 band because uh they have a cool mom Uh, yeah. Awesome. So you picked You'll Miss Me, which is, I can't remember if I was letting people pick two songs still, like, I only let people pick one song at a time now, and then once they record that episode, they can pick another one. Because mm-hmm. I kind of kept narrowing it down after, like, there became such demand to be on the show, which is right. a good, good problem to have. But did you pick You'll Miss Me after we did Infinity, or did you pick them, like, I- at the same time? I think as soon as we finished recording, okay. I picked it. Because I'm, I'm kind of surprised that like that was still available. Right. Be- being that it's a, you know, the first four albums got reserved pretty quickly. Yeah. And then there were some, like the B-sides, obviously, there's still some B-sides that are unclaimed. Like, come on, no one wants to do kitten intro? <laughs> I, should, <laughs> I should probably do an episode where we talk about like all their intros, you know? And, right. You know... Not all of them have been released on an album, but like uh, kitten intro and critic intro. But then we could also talk about ones that have been captured on like bootleg recordings, like weird stuff they've done at the start of shows. That would be yeah. that'd be kind of a fun episode. Just kind of smash that all into one. Um, so you'll miss me. I think though is probably the weirdest song on Lincoln. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I so I mean I guess we can start getting into that then. Well, let's listen to the multiple demos first. Um, you ready to demo it up? Yes. Because this was the, even this was kind of confusing. Because if you go to "You'll Miss Me" and you go to the chronology tab, it's got four uh, different versions. "You'll Miss Me" demo one. "You'll Miss Me" demo two. "You'll Miss Me" rhythm section instrumental, which I thought I had on my hard drive and I can't find. Uh, and then "You'll Miss Me" off Lincoln. Um, which I heard, first heard on then the earlier years because I had gotten mm. Apollo first, Apollo first, and then Flood, and then as they came out, John Henry Factor Sherman, and then when then came out right after that, I didn't until then I didn't hear the first two albums. I don't think maybe at a friend's house or something. But anyway, so you'll miss me. Demo one was on the Wiggle Diskette. They're very 
very first thingy. <laughs> Their very <laughs> first release was this wiggle disc at this flexi disc, which had uh, everything right is wrong um, on the uh, A side. And you'll miss me <laughs> on the B side. <laughs> so this is a song that, yeah, it appeared on Lincoln, their second album, but it came out on their very first release. The first version of it was on the very first release. So this is, uh, again, a very notable track in that capacity coming out. So the first time the world would have heard it was March 30th, 1985. Yeah. Um, and then it also appeared on their demo tape um, as well. So the Wiggle Diskette. Do you know much about the Wiggle Diskette or do you have the wiki in front of you? Um, yeah, let me pull it up. Let's see. I've like, I, the link is purple, so I've gone on the page. I know. I love that because I look around the wiki for stuff and then I can see just how much I've clicked on. I'm like, right. if they ran, ran ads on the wiki, I would right. be making them, you know, John and whoever, lots of money. Right. I've written like 30 something tabs and like edited like I think over a hundred at this point. I'm like constantly mm. like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just fixed a time signature thing on one of them. Oh, and I blame you, me and two mm. other school musicians. We decided that the song is in three, four, it's, but it was labeled as six, eight. Oh yeah. Normal people, you know, people that aren't <laughs> as, you know, Right. Proper they musicians, <laughs> right? I push up my broken glasses up my nose. Uh, they might not know the difference between six, eight, and three, four. And like, it feels the same. They're the same. No, they're not. <laughs> One is duple meter. One is triple. Right. Anyway, so the wiggle diskette, you got it in front of you there? Yep. Why don't you just go ahead and read down that, that wiki there, maybe the first two two paragraphs there about the wiggle diskette. All right, yeah. The Wiggle Diskette is the Iraqi Giants' first official release, a one-sided circular 7-inch flexi-disc released on March 30th, 1985. Uh, the release was produced by Bill Krauss, engineered by Al Houghton. Houghton? Yeah. yeah. Looks like it. And Alex Noyes? Or Noyes. All these hard names coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And featured drum programming by Chris Butler. It was a limited edition of a 1,000 copies. Their tracks included Where Everything Right is Wrong and You'll Miss Me both of which resurfaced in drastically rearranged versions on their debut yeah. album and Lincoln, respectively. Um, the cover artwork features a young girl at a wool machine threading wool with a small photo of the Johns at the bottom. Above, They Might Be Giants is modestly printed. Some copies were distributed by stapling or taping bags yeah. copies to telephone poles and street <laughs> signs around Manhattan, as well as <laughs> nailing them to trees around Tompkins Square Park. Is that um, wild? If you were just That's walking crazy. through the park and you saw a record up on the tree, right? Just, <clears throat> I mean, like I said, like they were cheap at the time. And there's a there's that a picture is... there on the wiki, the back cover. For more copies, send two dollars to TMB Music, yeah. four thirty two West Forty Seventh, New York City. Yeah, it's so. I wonder what's at this address now. I mean, I guess right. it's just an apartment. Hmm. Yeah. It could have been gentrified by now, and it's been torn down or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's now a hipster coffee shop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, their very first release. And there's there's a little yeah. more people can check out on the wiki about this. But uh, So Everything Right is Wrong, I mean, still one of my favorite They Might Be Giant songs ever. Yeah. You know, that first track on the first proper album. And the first track on the very, I mean, basically, it's the first thing really the world would have heard of They Might Be Giants. Is everything right is wrong? That version.
and then you'll miss me. Uh, which is crazy. What did I? What did I score? Everything right is wrong. It pro it should be very high. Uh, yeah, I gave it a nine point nine. Wow, <laughs> right up there. <laughs> Love that song. Um, yeah, so a very important song in that capacity. So now let's listen to the version that was on uh, the Wiggle Disquette, which uh, is referred to as Demo 1. And it was also on their 1985 promotional demo tape number three. They've had so many different variations of the demo tape, uh, demo tapes. So, and it was listed on that one as You Kill Me, Not You'll Miss Me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So here it is, demo one. You'll always miss my big old body in his prime and never shoddy as Bloodhound's weight down in the lobby. You'll eulogize my big old body. You'll miss me with effigies lighting up your house like Xmas trees as tears roll down below your knees. You'll miss me with effigies. Go find the man to fit in my shoes. Left one's old and the right one's new, and I bought the right one just for you. Go find the man to fit my shoes. You kill me with the way you talk. Mortician's waiting to shovel on a fork, but I'll remain sitting on this fence. Mind a blur of common sense. So yeah, there's like a crowd talking and stuff at the beginning of it. Right. For some Weird. reason. Yeah. I like how the wiki says on the wiki page for the demo one, it says it features this is the wording, it says it features an incredibly mellow Flansburg. <laughs> With no screaming like the album version. And a disco beat. Yeah. So <laughs> John, John Flansburg called this this demo start, startlingly unpleasant. <laughs> so I think this is from, oh, this video isn't available anymore. I went to the citation on that, and it's no, no longer there. What interview was this? I'll see if Euless knows where that dead link is supposed to go. So thoughts on uh, demo one? It's like... It, it it is it isn't unpleasant, but it's like why is Flans doing like ASMR like directly into my ear? He that he invented person? that, <laughs> right? Yeah, they might be giants invented this ASMR, <laughs> and like the different lyrics of let me see, I have the lyrics pulled up. So like, um, but I'll remain sitting on this fence, one mind a blur of common sense, and like the different lyrics, like it's just like it's just creepy, but like yeah. in a good way, I guess, because the song itself is interesting lyrics <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we'll we'll get deep into the lyrics there but no. yeah the beat i'm not th that crazy about the beat in it for the most part yeah. it doesn't seem to fit also it's just sounds, a weird juxtaposition right. between the way he delivers his vocals and the beat right it sounds like like an old like psa or like infomercial or something it's just him it's like the money class of my jesus <laughs> Okay. Oh, yikes. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, if that's the second They Might Be Giants song you ever heard, 
fist. <laughs> I mean, here everything right is wrong. Like it's it's a weird song, but it's a pop song. Yeah. I mean, all their songs right. to some degree are kind of weird to most people. I mean, right. I guess they have some songs that can pass as like a normal rock song or whatever. But yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely didn't sound like anything else that was coming out in 1985. I mean, it's sure. it's new wave adjacent, I guess. But like, it didn't really yeah. sound like. You know, it didn't sound like Duran Duran or something. I don't know. You know right. Um, startlingly unpleasant. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> but it's not my favorite version. And Yeah. Like, how few songs did they have at the time? We know they had more songs because they were about to put up, they were putting out these promotional tapes too. But right. that, why wouldn't they have picked something else? It just seems like a weird choice. Right. But I mean, also at the same time, the other songs that were out were like, Heptone and like Hi Honey I'm Home, which are like way worse. Well, on on tape number three, Cowtown was on there and Rhythm Section One Ed were on there. True, yeah. Like Cowtown, like having then you'd have a Flan song, you know, you'd have a Linnell song on the A side and a Flan song on the B side, but they're both right. like legit pop song, like catchy songs. Right, like that version of You'll Miss Me especially doesn't have a hook of like any kind. Right. You know, you you remember it, it sticks with you because it's so bizarre, but it doesn't have yeah. like uh, you, you couldn't whistle it really. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't really whistle the original. Or like yeah, the version, yeah. Like you just screech that one. <laughs> well, he kind of sings on the bridges. Yeah. You in the Push comes to shove. Okay, so then moving on to demo two, which. Um, you kill me. Yeah, when you click you kill me, it directs to you'll miss me demo one. Uh, so then the chronology, um, we've got uh, from the 1985 demo tape, not the 1985 promotional demo tape number three, just the 1985 <laughs> demo tape. Uh, let, <laughs> let's listen to this version. just as weird as the first one it's fast but like at fast. least hearing the evolution yeah. it is yeah it's yeah. <laughs> i love the way people that edit the wiki some of the phrasing and stuff is just incredible like uh, <laughs> right. it just on the chronology tab where it has uh the differences from other versions column it says faster than lincoln version lyrical variations uh you'll miss me but i'm already dead and I look up and I don't see a cloud anywhere. And then it tags on at the end, uncomfortable, but still mellow vocal. So it's, it's still saying it's an uncomfortable vocal delivery. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. And, it, it is. And then the notes on differences from other versions for the official one, which is time to start talking about the Lincoln version. Vocals are practically yeah. screamed, fast-paced, <laughs> and angry instrumental. I just love how people, like, they're basically putting – it's not just factually, like, this one has faster tempo. This one right. has a softer vocal. It's like they're they're putting their opinions right into it, like right. that it's an angry <laughs> instrumental. It's like, huh? Yeah, you're 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 projecting there a little bit, Wiki writer. <laughs> He's yelling at me. Stop yelling at me. Don't flans. Jeez, first you whispered, now you yell. Can't you, can't you find that middle ground? Um, so on to the proper song discussion then. Um, you'll miss me now. Um, there's a, a lot of, of trivia blurbs here, which is always fun with these old ones. Um, you know, there's just so much more time to learn about these songs, you know, so you'll find out right. interesting things over the years. Um, you want to read that first, uh, trivia blurb, which is from the then early years booklet. So I'm sure I read this at some point. Um, cause yeah. I do still have um, that on see. CD. Why don't you read that first trivia point? Cause it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, we actually recorded a never-to-be-released You'll Miss Me with gruff-voiced uh, CBGB owner Hilly Crystal singing before we chickened out and had plans to get instead. And that's, oh my god. And then from a Tumblr post, I'm sorry to report that the recordings are probably lost. No! Yeah. We had to erase things just to finish things. Um, and I think that was what happened. No money for things like second machines to duplicate on. Many nice things from then are lost to the ages. Yeah, and, and then further on that Tumblr post, it says they also lost the electric guitar part of Youth Culture Killed My Dog. Oh. Yeah, I haven't done that episode yet either, but um, yeah, so Back to Skull Deactivated, and then a bunch of numbers asked, yeah, given that this new CBGB's film seems to be more of a Hilly Crystal biopic, uh, might it be time to treat us to the never-to-be-released version of You'll Miss Me, voiced by the man himself? Uh, so that's what Flans gave that answer to. Yeah, probably lost. So I don't know how much you know about th- these ancient recording techniques, you know, recording. Because <laughs> my bands have, record on, have recorded on analog uh, and, and kind of like limiting um, devices, like a four-track recorder. Right. You have to keep bouncing stuff down, meaning like you might record the drums with four mics. But then you got to free right. up three other tracks, so you'll right. bounce down. Switch it on the one yeah, track. so yeah. you'll you'll you have to commit the drum take and the levels on the different drum mics. Be like, okay, this is the finalized drum thing, and then you put it down to one track, and then you can't change. It. You're like, oh, the kick drum C line. Well, fuck, we already yeah. committed it. Um, so you either have to do it all over again or whatever. But, you know, and you're recording to an actual cassette tape. I've also had stuff recorded to DAT tape. Um, I think there were many. Dance. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of different kind of weird, like, uh, VHS-looking audio tapes, like big chunky tapes and ones that are, yeah, like, somewhere between the size of a cassette and a VHS-sized tape. Um, yeah, man, you can still buy that tapes. Eight, <laughs> eight bucks on Amazon. Sure, why not? Let, wow. Let's buy some, and then maybe, maybe they could release <laughs> their next album on that, you know, along with the 8-track version. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, they were recording, you know, probably on a reel to reel with like maybe eight or 16 track capabilities because right. they were probably at a cheaper studio. I'm not sure what Bill Krause would have had at the time. 
Uh, but recording on reel to reel, so they probably had committed some stuff, but uh, but then the uh, they had to they had to make a decision. They're like, ah, this isn't quite working out. You know, it was a cool idea, not quite working out. It's their first release. They probably were like, maybe yeah. we should have us singing on the very first release we're putting out. Yeah. You know, so uh, they recorded over it essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, so yeah, moving on to uh, the next thing here. So it's it's a very different vocal delivery on this one. Um, <laughs> screaming, <laughs> he he just angry. <laughs> he completely turns a corner on his vocal delivery, like flans his. So you said you didn't really like the whispered, uh, you know, whispering in your ear, like the it's yeah. the NPR vocals. <laughs> 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 he goes from NPR vocals to like shock jock vocals. If we're gonna, you know, all right, follow like that, Alex Jones. Follow that metaphor. Oh god, yelling. Yeah, and Flans was shirtless when he recorded it. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> In the woods, <laughs> oh, talking god. about you know what it's really you know to be a man. What that really means. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, I love that the Sandy Hook promise like. Is ringing him for like everything he's got. <laughs> Took him to court. Yeah, and he just keeps me like, I don't recall. I don't recall this. I don't recall that. And I'm like, dude, you said it on your show. We right. have Record. tape of this. <laughs> we have tape of this. <laughs> I never said that. Oh. Press play. <laughs> oh, I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, "You Kill Me" thing is interesting. Um, yeah. as the song title. So some of the early demos said that, and some of those early demos might predate the Wiggle Diskette, meaning like it might have been called You Kill Me and was recorded. The Wiggle Diskette was the first thing to be released, but they may have recorded it for the 1985 demo before yeah. that. You know, it's like the whole Abbey Road Let It Be thing. Like this, they, yeah, they were recorded, they came out, yeah, that, right? they came out in the opposite, different order than they were recorded. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so the live performances, it sounds like, you know, he recorded it kind of whispered and, and, and spooky and creepy or whatever, but they were trying to translate the, the live performances uh, to the studio recording. 2013 interview, what's the interview from? Mixcloud.com. That song was a psychodrama. You know what's funny about the You'll Miss Me song? I think, I think in general people kind of, they hear the recorded version of You'll Miss Me and they just kind of hate it. There was like four versions before the one on Lincoln, wasn't there? Well, the, you know, this is the, what's odd. Is that, you know, that song was like, it's a very screamy kind of a histrionic song. And it, it went down very well live. People found it very exciting, you know, because it was just this histrionic song. It always seemed like it'd be really fun live, which is yeah, I was poking you. I was poking you in the. Uh... It was fun to perform, and it really it kind of blew the lid off people's expectations about what the show would be. It's a very impolite song. Yeah. But what's funny is that I think as we kind of got more focused on what we were good at in a more specific personal way, it it sort of stopped fitting in with the rest of the show. Like I mean, in a way, you'll miss me kind of. It was more about the venues we were playing. It was as much about the venues we were playing, which were these kind of performance art, half performance art, half disco, late night, demi-monde places. So I think he's saying, like, you know, live, you know, so a singer, like, screaming at you live can come across as, like, energetic and, like, you know, just, like, you're right. in the moment. But then you record it, 
and people are like, ah, just like it's yeah. too aggressive, <laughs> right? It's too dramatic. It's you know, it's too over the top. Whatever you might say about it. Do you prefer the yelled vocals over the demos? You know, more chilled vocals. I do because it like it definitely fits the like weird like almost atonal horns, and mm-hmm. the the lyrics are like. He's being like an asshole in the lyrics. <laughs> He's like, "I'm a genius. I'm a genius. Yeah. You'll miss me." It's like it's, it's like it's definitely an angry, at least at least like pissed off song. Yeah. So it, I feel well, like it, the yelling fits a lot better. In the quote, he says, "It's a very impolite song." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I played that quote, but yeah, he says uh, it sort of stopped fitting in with the rest of the show. Cause yeah, so it was yeah. it was a song that was written very early in their catalog, you know, one of the earliest songs they ever wrote, um, as they might be giants, and they're not a band that's known for screaming, you know. Right. I don't. What other early songs have singing? You might a vocal delivery you might call screaming. I'm looking at the Pink album. I guess hotel like hotel detective mm. kind of has like the. Like, yeah. Kind of weird, like the, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Forget about it. Yeah. yeah. Forget about it. That's almost yodeling there. <laughs> Gotta go up to falsetto there. That's a great vocal delivery. Um, yeah. Oh, nothing's gonna change my clothes. Has I think I get. Is it Linnell shrieking at the end? <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. Even the lyrics on the "Nothing's Gonna Change My Clothes" wiki page have in parentheses, ah, a h h h h. But like a fully screamed vocal, like this I song. Other than the the like, I guess what I'd call the bridge sections. The um, yeah. Um, well, and then like it must be raining because a man ain't supposed to cry. <laughs> you know, that's like. And then the, you see my teeth in the stars above every tree. Yeah. He goes to like that crooner voice. Yeah. But there's still a lot of yelling. Yeah. Yeah. You'll always miss my big old body. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, it was it was funny coincidence. You know, they at uh, the daycare, like Zinnia's class, they made Father's Day stuff, right? So she comes home. Yeah. From from daycare on Friday, and Daddy, I made you stuff, and um, and one of the things was she drew a picture of me, you know, and this is like, <laughs> you know, she's not even five, you know, so this is four year old drawing, yeah, and I've got this little head with hairs poking up, and then like a really big torso, and then arms coming down <laughs> with like really long fingers, and then like smaller oh, legs. So it's like, I mean, it's a good, you know, it's a person, but like, I'm like my big old body. Like yeah. the store, so. <laughs> I should post a picture of it when I post oh, uh, this episode. Um, in its prime and never shoddy. Well, yeah, bloodhounds right. wait down in the lobby. You'll eulogize my big old body. So you'll eulogize my big old body. Like you usually think yeah. of a eulogy as being, you know, at a funeral. Right, you know, it's like is this song about a d- person who's already dead? Because like, like detectives trace my hands with chalk. Like, yeah. is it like when he's like yeah. on the ground? Because like, really, Oxford's Dictionary defines eulogize. <laughs> it it really just <laughs> means uh, praise highly in speech or writing. 
So usually, mm. you know, you eulogize someone at their funeral, unless they're really an asshole. Yeah. You try to find something that's, you know, you talk about the good stuff. Right. They were a horrible husband, and I hate them, and I wish I divorced them. Um, my big old body. You, <laughs> here we lay to rest so-and-so. He had the biggest body I've ever seen. <laughs> Never a shoddy His body. His big old body, yeah. What the hell's with bloodhounds wait down in the lobby? What's that about? Right, because bloodhounds are like search and rescue dogs, which is like... He died. That's why I'm thinking eulogize is... He's dead, dead. Yeah, like, you'll miss me. And the original title, perhaps, was You Kill Me. Yeah, like, that's why he's all mad, because he just got murdered. There you go. <laughs> so maybe the original ones are like, he's like from beyond the grave. That's why he's whispering. <laughs> yeah, I'm haunting you. Wait, we wrote that song later. I'll be haunting you. Uh, <laughs> that's the sequel, the sequel <laughs> to You'll Miss Me. There we go. We cracked the case. Uh, uh, you'll miss me with effigies. Yeah, I mean, effigies, they're talking about a lot of, yeah, a lot of yeah, death t- related, dog. yeah, words related to, uh, associated with death, with death. A sculpture, like an effigy, usually think about like burning an effigy, you know, um, yeah. all like horrible shit that people do. Um, but Oxford's Dictionary defines effigy <laughs> a sculpture <laughs> or model of a person. Usually it's like a mocking model of a person and then they destroy right. it or something right you like make up yeah and it's, yeah you know it seems like they do destroy it because lighting up your house like mm. i don't know if that's a weird metaphor for lighting something on fire but then also christmas trees <laughs> yeah or xmas trees xmas trees <laughs> yeah i like xmas trees yeah <laughs> you must be using an archaic pronunciation like when you say ask instead of axe uh, <laughs> random Futurama quote. So yeah, as te- tears roll down below your knees, you'll miss me with effigy. So yeah, so the, I mean, the narrator is dead, uh, and he's screaming from beyond the grave in this version, <laughs> like arm just punching up out of the grave and <laughs> zombie <laughs> style. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, he th- he thinks or he thought a lot of himself. She's like, you're gonna. This is gonna be a kick-ass eulogy. <laughs> I'm I'm dead in this eulogy, man. This is gonna bring the house down. This is gonna this kick the ass. Right. They, they found my body. Like he got killed. The bloodhounds found him. Then they traced the body in chalk. Um, yeah, your money talks, but my genius walks. Morti- morticians wait Mortician, with a shovel right. and fork. Fork <laughs> as detectives trace my hands with chalk. I think a lot of people like. There's even some of these words. I think I had been mishearing for like my whole time knowing this song. Right. Yeah. What did I think that fork was before? I don't know. I don't. I wasn't hearing fork. Mm-hmm. Um. But the lyrics are all in that then booklet, so I'll, I'll assume they're correct. As detectives trace my yeah. hands with chalk, your money talks about my genius walk. So he's like, I'm a genius. Uh, he so why did this guy get killed? Because he was just too pompous, <laughs> right? <laughs> just like a rich eat, eat the rich. That's why the fork is there. there you go. But but they've the other person's got the money. Your money talks, but my genius yeah, walks. But his genius walks. They paid to have him killed. <laughs> they paid an oh, assassin. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, this song. Jeez, yeah. Now that I'm uh, no, that now that I've, I've confirmed the words and, and fixed some other words that I've been hearing wrong, I'm I'm liking these lyrics a lot. It's very cool, right? And then the bridge is like some like cosmic horror sounding thing. It's like you'll see my teeth in the stars above. <laughs> yeah, that like crooner part. 
Right, because like teeth in the stars, like book. every tree, a finger of my glove, like sounds like Cthulhu is coming down. <laughs> to- <laughs> I mean, they're also just like so proud of their sh- their shiny teeth. Their teeth are so shiny; it's like st- right. they're, they're glimmering like stars. You know, in the cartoon <laughs> where someone smiles and goes "ting," yeah. yeah, every tree, a finger of my glove. Well, they got a big old body, so, you know, their fingers must be, like, the size of trees. <laughs> this is a weird song. <laughs> it is. Like, when I was listening to the Happy Giants for the first time and got to that song, I just had to sit there after and, like, pause the record and just be like, what the fuck did I just listen to? <laughs> it's like, hearing their kids' albums is, like, like middle to starting to be modern. They might be giants, so they stopped doing super-duper weird stuff. So going back and hearing, like, like toddler, toddler highway on the first album, and then this on the second mm-hmm. one, it's like, what are these guys doing? Yeah, toddler highway um, is the only unclaimed song on the first album, and I really want to talk about well, it. I mean, for good reason. Okay, but have <laughs> you ever heard song. the avatars of they version? I think I have. It's so yeah. good. They add a verse. They rock yeah. it out so hard. I, I like it just because, like, it's story. Because, like, I, I know that it was one that where the demo made it to the album because they tried to recreate it yeah. and just couldn't get it. Like, they were so f- they were so fond of it in the demo that not <laughs> only did it make the album, but they couldn't even seem to, to, to improve upon the demo. So the demo made <laughs> the album. I think it's just a fun song, too. I've, I've never dislike that song it's just a weird little nugget mm-hmm. of, of you know bizarre yeah, yeah. <laughs> also talking about the demise of toys R Us would be fun um oh my yeah yeah um let's see okay so what what about okay so what what do you like best about the music of this song or what do you find the most interesting about the music of this song because if it's- yeah go ahead Right, it's just like it's fucking wild. Like it's, I like t- t- quote unquote wrote the chords because they're not even really chords; they're just like clusters. But like the bass is always doing the same chord progression, which is like the A minor, E flat, which is like a sub five, and then D, and then I guess like G sharp it would be in the key. But like the horns are just hitting any note they want to. It's crazy, but it's it's it helps with the angriness of yeah. giant flans beyond the grave. Well, flans is the one playing the trumpet. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Linnell's playing the sax, of course. <laughs> like, you know, Linnell knows his fingerings. He knows what he's playing, but he's still like honking yeah. it like crazy. Um, right. But flans were just playing like whatever the fuck. I, I, I love how these days they're pulling down like Mark Pender and Kurt Ram and these just like amazing trumpet right. players. And even back in, you know, 20 years ago, Jim Connor um, playing, you know, trumpet on all that early or that 90s, late 90s and early 2000s stuff. Like they've, they've just had such great trumpet players. But back in the day, they're like, we want a trumpet on the song. Right. Doesn't matter what the notes are, just a trumpet, right. you know, playing whatever. <laughs> 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 Such a, my god it's so weird yeah i love that you guitar tab this too yeah it is it is cool that the song has a's a majors a minors a flat majors 
A minor sevenths. Right. So that's like a power chord. So no three. So on the verse one, you're saying there's there's no third. So it's like a power chord with the seventh. It's like the one five seven. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's like let's play every kind of A. Yeah. Right. Literally, like the A minor major seven. Yeah, A minor seven sus four. (laughs) Every kind of of A. Um, but I mean, there's, there's no guitar in it. So keyboard, I mean, this, yeah. I mean, this song would be easier to play on the, on the keyboard than on guitar because Much those easier. weird chords, you know, yeah. throwing a seventh on whatever chord, you know, you just stick your pinky out and grab it on piano right. or on guitar it might be some really bizarre. Yeah, I love this. You just said you, you got two guys at the helm. Like it's not just the Johns recording themselves doing some weird shit in Flans' apartment. Like there's a producer on this song. Bill Krause is on this. You right. know this L. Houghton guy engineering. Like there's there's four you know adult men in this room that are like this song right. seems reasonable. This is this right. makes sense. Put it on <laughs> <laughs> Let's press it. Let's press it to flexi disc guys and tape it to telephone poles. <laughs> That's Imagine not knowing who they were and taking that and hearing, like, they're just putting on the B-side first and just hearing whispering, a startlingly uncomfortable whispering in your ear. It's like, oh, yeah, who It's like the little crowd noise, and then all of a sudden, you got some stalker outside your window. <laughs> You'll miss me. You'll miss me. My big old body. <laughs> what the fuck? This oh. so weird. Uh, I'm not going over to the interpretations. I think we figured it out. I think we cracked we cracked right. the case like the detectives in this song. Yeah, the the exactly. bloodhounds found the body. This big old body. Is his body bloated like it was in a river? I watch a lot of true crime oh. when bodies hang out in a river for long enough to get really right. fucked up. Yeah, is he? Yeah, is it a bloated body from like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, God! What would this, this? What could this have been inspired by? Like this is, they've had a, you know, and this was one of their earlier songs. But like, so right from the jump, they're writing about death, like disfigurement. Right. Just the most fucked up. Yeah. Song. Oh, and on this last trivia point, uh, in two thousand one, uh, Flansburg was asked um, if there were any songs that that he felt weren't successful or didn't work out, and he said about You'll Miss Me, he said, it dates back to our very earliest days as a band, and I think it might be a little too strident. Whenever I hear it, I'm just not sure that it works. But I don't have any regrets. I wouldn't strike it from the record, even if I could. And this is from an old, old interview. So you you click on the citation there, and it goes to groups.google.com. So this is stuff... From oh this goodness. is from the, from the first the original wiki that I used to look at when I was in college alt.music.tmbg. Oh, wow. Yeah, like this has been archived and like I was just looking at this 2002. Yep, 2002. Wow. Um yeah, so this person Nikki and Johnson while cleaning off my hard drive I came across this transcript which I had intended to post months ago. Much of the info is dated and the sucker is long 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 but I figured you guys would be more interested in the full unvarnished interview than the truncated version that actually saw publication. So this is someone that interviewed Flans and and this part of it made it to publication. They don't mention what publication but here they put the the whole thing. Like the first question is, "Hey, what you doing?" <laughs> 
I was just working on a song. I'm calling you now. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, oh, and he talks about TMG Unlimited, their e music. So this interview, this, Ooh, yeah. Band. So this interview was from you know a couple of years before, and then they're posting this transcript on the alt.music.tmg. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find exactly where this part is. Oh, and they talk about the Nuggets collection. Um, let's see. Yeah. Oh, Flan says there's a documentary film being made about us. He's talking about Gigantic. Oh, oh my goodness! It still hadn't come out yet. All right, where's the part? This is fucking long. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming that the wiki has the important parts, but that would be interesting to read. That that looks like it would be a good read. Right, I'm seeing some mink car in there, yeah. so I guess it was like right. I guess it was after after nine eleven, but in between yeah. September two thousand one and May two thousand two. Yeah, this song is just fucked up. I think uh, you ready for live performances because they talk about how the how it oh worked live better. Okay, yeah. so they've only played it fifteen times. Uh, the first time was November twelfth of nineteen eighty six. So the one we're playing is the third performance, June twenty sixth at Club Rio in Atlanta, Georgia. So let's listen. Yeah, they only played it once in 86, three times in 87, once in 88, four times in 89, and then eight years pass. And then in 97, they brought it back five times. And then one more time in 2015 at a Lincoln album show in 2015. And we will listen to that one later. Uh, But what do you think about this uh, 1987 performance? It's good. And... Like, it also, because, like, even though I tabbed out the chords on the record, it just seems like they kind of just do whatever they want besides yeah. the bass. Yeah. So, it's just, like, the bass is, like, the A, E flat, D, G sharp for the, like, main mm-hmm. verse. But then everybody else is just, like, any of the 12 notes, pick one. It almost makes it seem like Linnell playing the keyboard part on the recording it's almost as if they only had like the bass notes, the root notes kind of set. And then he's like, what kind of yeah. A am I going to play this time? Blah, you know, then just plays it like, right. like he, like it was just like one time through. He's like, I bet he couldn't even play it following the chord chart that you wrote out. It, I've tried playing it through. You have to like, oh, where yeah. do I go next? Cause like the E flat, I don't even remember. I think it was like E flat, flat nine, sharp 11 what or something. Fuck? And it's like, that is disgusting to you play. You might as well just slam your palm on the keys. Right, and it would sound fine. <laughs> right, it would fit with the song. Yeah. Nutty. All right. So then, yeah. um, 
So then the one live version that I emailed you seven hours ago, this one is the in-between one. Um, so yeah. this one is from April 29th, 1997. So they would have been uh, promoting uh, Factory Showroom at the time. So this one, I want before I even play it, I want people to notice that there's accordion and synthesizer going at the same time, which these days, if you see uh, a song that's going to have accordion and synth and they play it live, Linnell's playing the accordion and Miller will put his guitar down and play the keyboard and then Flans is on guitar. Um, but Miller was not in the band until early 98. So I don't know. Uh, well, let's go ahead and listen to it. So, I, it's cool. It has it has two keyboards going, um, yeah. but like they're the lead guitarist because this was the first time they had a lead guitarist was on Factory Showroom, and then the first yeah. time they were well, maybe they toured with two guitarists before Factory Showroom, but like you know John Henry was a was a four piece, you know Flanes was right. the guitarist. So the first time they introduced a two guitar uh, setup was for Factory Showroom. And Schirmerhorn uh, was the lead guitarist for most of... Um, Eric Schirmerhorn was the lead guitarist on Factory Showroom. Um, and he did tour with them because he appears on Severe Tire Damage. Um, he also plays on Monopuff. It's fun to steal. Um, I should try to track this guy down. I mean, he's also worked with Iggy Pop. like, And, and he toured with oh, Bowie. Wow. So, like, yeah. I wonder if Stan Harrison could put me in touch with him. Because they both worked with Bowie around the same time. I guess Harrison's was more like late 80s Bowie because he played Mm -hmm. on, he played sax on Let's Dance. Which is very cool. Um, So Shermerhorn played guitar also in Tin Tin Machine, which was Bowie's band. Uh, He wanted to be in a rock band that didn't have his name in it. So Tin Machine put out two two albums, (laughs) I think. So this guy, he Eric Schirmerhorn toured, toured with them as well. So there's a big uh, Bowie connection here. So I'm, is he the one playing the synth? Because from what I can tell, from what the accordion's playing, like you can't play the accordion one-handed. It just doesn't work. Because yeah, no. you, you need to have I the mean, pumping. I, right, like unless, if there was a break in the synth and he just let like the parts fall while playing... But then you would have to take a break to wrench it back up. Yeah, if you back. let your bellows open too much, then you're like, really, it's a struggle to get it back yeah, up. Yeah, at this point, I just I, I use like the little button that like was. Yeah, the air release. Right. Even pressing that, if you let the bellows fully extend, like it's a whoa. 
It takes some muscles. Right. Like accordion muscles, like people that have never played the accordion, it's funny when I don't play it for a while and then I start playing it, like my triceps hurt because like Right, I'm just like, yeah. oh. It's like, I mean, people that go to the gym, which I used to do, and now I'm just like, fuck that. Uh, I just skateboard some more. <laughs> but like tricep machines, you know, the way you just like, you're squeezing, you, you know, it's almost like you've got both right. fists in the air, like, yeah, like you're cheering on a sports team. And then you're squeezing them together. Like that's the muscle you're using, but just on your left arm. Your right arm's just there playing right. on the piano side. Yeah. Um, so is it Sherman Horn playing the synth? I don't know, but I like this version because of the double keyboards. Uh, and any other thoughts yeah. on, on that live version, 97 version? It's cool hearing it with an accordion, like compared to just brass. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting mm-hmm. sound. Definitely. And then let's hear the most recent performance, which was eight years ago. Um, uh. Bring it back. I know, right? I, I'd like to hear what his vocal performance would sound like now. Right. Yeah. And like post car crash, like he had like a, a very, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think it was a near death experience, but like it was a serious accident. He was, yeah. he was up and he was, you know, was laid up in the hospital for a while. Uh, and this song is about someone who died. At least we've, right. we're saying Uh-oh. that it is. Uh, I'd like to hear how he would perform the vocals now, you right. know, as an older, eight yeah. eight years older. Um, yeah, dedicate it to the drunk driver who yeah. like tried to ugh. fuck that guy. So yeah. So Heather Goo, Heather Goo on YouTube. This is Mike Buffington's girlfriend. Uh, her YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She's cool. We worked together. Uh, she was a part of coming up with the. Uh, they might um this might be jeopardy um questions with mike and uh myself um mostly those two they did most of the work so on her youtube channel <laughs> she has um you'll miss me live at the music hall of williamsburg uh july 26th 2015 let's listen <laughs> on this one it's a lot less yelly yeah. than the original like it's not it's not um <laughs> like wiggle this gets asmr bad but yeah. it's certainly it's not as 
angry and hate-filled <laughs> as the album version. <laughs> Maybe ugly and hate-filled, but what was the third thing? It does look like he's having a blast with this, though, and it was 18 yeah. years since they had performed it previously. Yeah, that's crazy. I Look at Danny playing the bass. He's not just... He's wearing a red shirt in this one. Not, oh, not, red shirt band. <laughs> is there a view of his pants? Is he entirely red? Is he like Jack White in this thing? <laughs> It's good. Like, you can tell he's enjoying it. You know, it's one of those right. where maybe he was looking to, like, kind of um, unsully his reputation as, you know, because the quotes we read, he's like, people hate this song, you know. Right. And he hadn't performed it in so long. He's like, I'm going to make him not hate it. So he kind of, like, adds some humor into it, you know. Yeah. You know, he's still kind of aggressive about it, but more like playfully aggressive, it looks like. You know, he's yeah. like out, like he's, like Heather was like standing there at the camera. He's like right there above her, like motioning right. out to the crowd. I like, my big old body. You know, he's doing like MC, like he's like a rapper up there. Right. This is almost like a rapped song because there's no pitch to the <laughs> verse vocals, right. at least. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't add in, and now throw your hands in the air. Leave them like just okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so those are the three live performances. So, yeah, 87, 97, 2015. It's only been yeah. performed 15 times over the course of three different decades. Wild Crazy. stuff. So we're on to the cover section. I find it interesting that um, this first one, um, what did you see when you clicked over to that link? <laughs> <laughs> the picture of, like, the weekend and the weird, yeah. like, special effects. Like Botox makeup. As yeah. soon as I clicked on, I was like, oh! Creepy weekend with huge lips. Uh, all puffed up Botox <laughs> lips. Yeah. So the artist, I guess, is labeled as uh, Monsieur Hare, which is funny because it's like French Mr. and German Mr. Hare is Mr. Yeah. in German. Um, Monsieur Hare, uh, just, just 10 months ago, 105 views, 10 months ago. Um. Oh, there's. Oh, they got a band camp too. Okay. Huh. Okay. What's this person's real name? Hold on. I'm gonna do <laughs> some sleuthing real quick. Well, let's go ahead and listen to it. You always miss my big old body in its prime and never shoddy while bloodhounds wait down in the lobby. You'll eulogize my big old body. Oh, you'll miss me with effigies, but in your house like etching streets. As tears roll down below your knees, you'll miss me with effigies. You'll find a man to fit my shoes, left ones old and right ones new, and I bought the right one just for you. Go find a man fit my shoes. You kill me with the way you talk. Morticians wait with a shovel and a fork, but I'll remain sitting on this fence. My mind a blur of common sense. You will see my teeth and stars above, every tree a finger of my glove, and every time push comes to shove, you'll see my teeth and the stars above. Okay, so Mansoor Hare um, on Mansoor Hare's Facebook page uh, as an artist has ten likes. 
Mansoor here needs to step up their socials game a little bit here. Wait, come <laughs> 10 on. likes. Jesus. Uh, but they're on Spotify. They're on Twitter. How many Twitter followers you got there? 169 Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of music here on this band camp. Um, yeah. I don't know if this has made it over to Bandcamp, this cover, but uh, uh, thoughts on this cover? <laughs> I feel like the weekend staring at me made it sound scarier, but like it's it's, right. it's, it's cool that it's more like demo esque than the original. Yeah, with like the weird like the interesting vocals on it. Yeah, like the flat. It's yeah, yeah, it's weird. I like the comments too on YouTube. I'm blinded by the lights. <laughs> Villarata Catilla, yeah, and then Swiggity Swarker said, "This is horrifying in a distinctly homoerotic way." Grats. <laughs> what does that mean? What? How? What's, what's, <laughs> I mean, I kind of get it, but at the same time, what compelled them to comment that? Like with that disco beat, like maybe it does sh- sound kind of like Pet Shop Boys or something you'd hear in like a right. a, a, a gay '80s nightclub or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> like what? I don't know. <laughs> I, You'll miss me in the cave. But like, I'm not gonna jump to that. Like, if I heard the song, I'm not gonna jump to that. I'm wondering if the Swiggity Swagger like knows Monster Hair knows this person like in real life, right. and it's just like giving him grief about it. Um, <laughs> Go to the band camp here. So it's Oh god, let me see. What the hell is this band camp address? Honsur Mare. So it's it's the H and the M are are switched instead of monsurhair.bandcamp. Oh. It's honsurmare.bandcamp.com. Why? But look at the cover, look at the banner image on this bandcamp page. Oh god, let me see if I can get to it. Oh. It's, it's get linked the weekend off my screen. It's linked below, yeah, in the comments. Oh, okay. The Bandcamp is linked below the video on YouTube. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, huh. California. But do you, look at the banner photo. <laughs> <laughs> Miss your hair. Miss your hair? What does that mean? It says monster put hair. Quote yeah, put a pull quote here. This is odd. It's very odd. And then the artwork, yeah. like in the background, there's like a kitty sleeping. Yeah, just a floating cat. To it's the a cute side, cat. Yeah. On some blobs of color. Very strange. Yeah. yeah. I might have to listen. It looks interesting. <laughs> yeah. And this kitty, it must be it must be their kitty. Because you click over to, yeah. to Twitter and the banner photo, the cover photo there also has this kitty who is... Aww. The kitty is thinking about... This is very, like, shit posty. <laughs> right. Miss your hair and then the circle. To yeah. Their what? Strange. Strange. Um, okay, so I got the thumbs up from Ekalemchi, which I think means it must be in the drive. So let me, I'm going to have to send this to you. So we have a shared folder that people dump their, uh, covers in. So let me grab it from there. And then we've got the other one. But yeah, there was only going to be one cover and then the covers crew came through with two more. All right, covers for episodes. You will miss me. Just letter U. You will miss me. Okay. I think it's Prince covered it. <laughs> yeah, right. There should there should be a number in there somewhere. 
Joel Shaughnessy sent over one because he's working on covers for there's a Lincoln compilation coming up um, for um, I don't know what anniversary of Lincoln would it be? It came out in eighty eight, the twenty oh, or the thirty fifth anniversary, thirty fifth anniversary or something. I don't know. Ooh. Anyway, they're doing a Lincoln covers album, and uh, this is Joel's calling this a demo, so he's. I think I'm, we're going to get a more polished version by the time this episode comes out. I'll be dropping in a more polished version, but we can still get the idea uh, from the one yeah. that I sent you. So let's go ahead and listen to Homework Party, which is Joel, Sa- Joel Shaughnessy's um, stage name, I suppose. Uh, let's listen to this one. <laughs> Big old body. You'll miss me with FGs. Light up your house like excess trees while pants roll down below your knees. You're gonna miss me with FGs. Don't find a man to fill my shoes. Left one's old and the right one's new. And I got the right one just for you. Go find a man to fill my shoes. synths and to me it sounds almost like what wendy yeah. carlos like clockwork orange type synths right it does sound like this stuff but then it just takes off so i i, I want to tell you what joel told told me but i want your thoughts uh first what do you... I, I mean i fuck with the synths like i like like that's the part of the the like wiggle the scatter and like demo versions i like is that it's like more synthier than like the horns in the original like not the original the like album version go crazy but like the synth, the synth adds like the weird, spooky ghost factor to it. But like this version, like amps uh-huh. that. Like it's, it's not like an angry ghost or a spooky ghost. It's like a party ghost. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so Joel said, let's see. I'm just, I'm just gonna read some. The covers crew uh, Facebook thread is pretty hilarious. We've got. Uh, no one's got. You'll miss me. Covers. This was it. 
This was at 1 a.m. last night. No one's got <laughs> You'll Miss Me covers? No love for my big old body? <laughs> Tear crying emoji. Um, Mason, who was on the Planet of the Apes song series episodes, says, uh, his band Can't Scan used to do it live, but they don't think they recorded it. So then Joel said, would you want one in the style of Outcast?" <laughs> Oh my god. Doesn't goodness. it kind of sound like that, you know, the ATL rap of the it. late 90s? Yeah, it's like speaker box, right? Like bombs over Baghdad, like super fast beat. Oh, you my know, right. Super subdivided, like hi hat and stuff. Yeah. Then Eclamchi said, Oh, wait, this was, yeah. Yeah, that was one in the morning. So then Eclamchi chimes in and says, Let's see. Oh, I did a version of You'll Miss Me in the style of Weezer slash Pixies that one time, but then I used that for a song. Oh, my God. Okay, but then I used that for a song in a different band. You know what? I changed it enough. I got a few hours I got a few hours before you need it. <laughs> and I said, well, we start recording in a half hour. This is, <laughs> this is at 1230, and we're recording at oh 1. We start recording in a half hour, but I could safely say you've got 60 to 90 minutes before we get to the covers section. And at Eklam, she says, light work. <laughs> uh, oh Bryce God. Hurst, Moby's Boulevard, said, tell me there's a Shatner-style cover out there somewhere. Oh, God. Y'all missed me. Yeah, my big old body. And Eklam, she said, I'll have it in the covers folder in less than an hour. Um, and then at 1.29... <laughs> three minutes to spare and dropped it into the chat oh for everyone goodness. to hear and i was like that's fucking awesome i think yeah bryce put like an exploding head emoji right like okay so that. this is i'm i'm saying this without having even pressed play on it yet eclam she said greg getting to hear this for the first time fully live is going to be so funny <laughs> oh, my we goodness. definitely need to get a sneak peek of his reaction do i need to like videotape myself hearing this the first time for them all right, right. so <laughs> all right let's see this they'll appreciate this okay all righty so uh okay let me turn up my monitors here we'll listen to it together i did email it to you though <laughs> all right so covers crew here's <laughs> there's kai we're gonna we're gonna listen to this together for the very first time we are currently recording everything's recording right now so let, let's uh Okay, I downloaded it. Let's go ahead and hit play and get it in the iTunes here. All right, here it comes. You ready? Yeah. 
is so blue album, Weezer. Yeah, very blue album. <laughs> Go find the man to make my shoes. <laughs> Left ones old and the right ones new. And I bought the right one just for you. Go find the man to make my shoes. You'll see my teeth in stars above. <laughs> every tree a vendor of my club. <laughs> and every time that blush comes to shop. You'll see my teeth. This is so much better than the original. <laughs> Your money sucks my genius watch. Mortician wins with the shovel and fart. As detectives trace my hands with chalk. Your money talking my genius watch. You'll miss me. There's still a minute left. <laughs> you'll miss me, so you'll miss me. You'll miss me. Breakdown. Oh, <laughs> I love that guitar riff. Nice job! Oh my god. <laughs> oh my uh, god. Now I need to hear like actual Rivers Cuomo yeah. covering that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's all the covers. So that was uh that was incredible. I mean both Joel and Eclamshi knocked it out of the park. I mean, all we would have had was that homoerotic cover. <laughs> Yeah, whatever the yeah the weekend that yeah god the image why i mean happy pride yeah month, right yeah <laughs> here's a super gay version happy pride <laughs> month i don't know what's gay about that really just like what because it sounds like a club club beat. i don't know <laughs> that's a weird comment <laughs> they've got to be like that person's like a real friend or something we are on to the scoring portion of the show oh. scoring it what are you going to score this this uh, this wacky this wacky little ditty yeah i i have a whole spreadsheet of my own oh. where i've ranked how many have i ranked nice. so far uh, let's see i've ranked 400 i think around 420 cuz there's some like b sides and stuff but let me see where i put you'll miss me I'll probably give it a podcast bias higher rating. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. You'll miss. Okay. Whoa. Okay. You'll miss me is at 47th place wow. with a 9.2 out of 10, but I'll give it a 9.5 podcast. Cause also the, the demos I'll give a seven though, just to have those as a rating. Huh. All right. 
I don't think I'm going that high, but this song, I think <laughs> us just talking about the weirdness of it makes it makes it even better cuz and I've said this before yeah. on the podcast like I'm with those old albums like I mean you've grown up in the streaming era like you've never known a non YouTube yeah. era um like right. when you just had your music on CDs or tapes I mean especially a tape like it was hard to skip a song not hard but like it was kind of annoying you know you had to go and like hit yeah. the fast forward button and then mate yeah, yeah, and then maybe you had uh, one of those nice tape players where it would sense where the volume dropped between and it would stop between tracks, or else you were just kind of guessing oh, yeah. like how far you needed to fast forward to get to the next track. So usually you just listen right. through. You listen to every song. CDs, it became easier to skip, but I would just have them in the car, and I just I yeah. listened to that then compilation just endlessly, endlessly. And I knew every song, and I never skipped You'll Miss Me. And I, I can see why people would think it's a weird, bizarre right. song, because it is. But to me, it just fit right in there. Yeah. You know, it was, um, yeah. you know, I had plenty of live stuff. Let me see where exactly in the track list this, felt, this fell. Well, it was in Lincoln, so it's part of Lincoln, you know. Yeah. It's got the weirdness of an early B-side. Yeah, for sure. And it was the B-side for Everything is Right is Wrong Again, but then on Lincoln, it it's got on the album in track 13, between Santa's beard and they'll need a crane. Yeah. So the the, the following <laughs> this, this was the warm up back to you. They'll need a crane. <laughs> right. <laughs> that that is the craziest opening act to like one of their best songs like ever. What am I scoring it then? I think mm, I do love now that I know all the lyrics because I've been mishearing some, and now that we are kind of we've come with this from like beyond the grave, like he's he's pompous from beyond the grave. <laughs> it's like I was I was fucking huge, man. My big old body's all swole, you know. I got yeah, my shiny teeth, teeth. I got my teeth all all shiny and whitened, and now I'm dead. <sighs> and and the trumpet, just like the don't give a shit trumpet performance by Flans. Man, I don't know, because I, I, I was thinking, and I never scored ahead of time, even in my head, really, before I get into it. I mean, but I probably would have put this in in the fives or something, maybe. And again, I wouldn't skip it, but like, it's not. It's like Lincoln is just. It's my second favorite album, so it's full of great songs, mm-hmm. and I don't skip any of them. But it's not like the hits. I mean, we all know that. I mean, it's a great song for other reasons, but it's not. It's not the right. hit, and they know that. They've only played it 15 times, you know, and only once yeah. in this century. That's, oh, that's crazy. That's <laughs> they play it like five times in the 80s and like five times in the 90s. None, no times in the aughts and one time in the 10s and not yet yeah. in the 20s. They've been a band for so goddamn long. I think... I'm going to go 6.8 on this one. And and again, that's a solid score. Anything above 7 means like it's solid. 6.8 means I ain't skipping it. You know, I'm going to listen to it. And it's got qualities <laughs> that get it up to a 6.8. It's not quite. It's not quite a six point nine. You know, it's nice, but it's not quite. It's not quite nice. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> well, homoerotic. <laughs> homoerotic person. Uh, this song is so sexy. This this is you know oh this God. is what we put on in the bedroom. <laughs> sexy with two X's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when it's time for S E X X Y time, um, put on the demo version. 
yeah, I'm sick of that. Okay, so Kai, what do you want to tell the peoples about? Like, you know, well, can they hear any? You got any YouTube videos? Of you playing stuff that people can hear? I don't yet. I probably will yeah. in the future. Start a YouTube channel. Yeah, and I'll post it on my. Even though I'm not active on my Twitter much, I'll probably post if I make any on there. Yeah. So. And I mean, you've got a Gmail account, which means you automatically have a YouTube account. Right, yeah. So you should start putting some stuff up there. You should also start Bandcamp. Bandcamps are, are cool and pretty easy to set up. I should, yeah. Yeah. You should do that. Yeah. 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 Come up with a uh, a stage name. What would your stage name be? Right. Or your band name? You know, even if it's just you, it could be like the Mountain Goats. Right. Where when you do get a backup <laughs> band, you know, then you could still be called that. So you, you should right. come up with a band name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again for being on. It's so fun to talk. And like, you know, you're like, yes. you're like fucking grown up, like from, it's crazy, you know, cause I do video calls. So like you were so young on the first call. I was, I was a little baby and I didn't even know what my gender was at that point. That was just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if you want me to go change the pronouns on the infinity episode. Or yeah, not. probably. Just sure. <laughs> Grab it. Now you can go ahead and if you want to pick another song to be on an episode, you know, when you're 22. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we'll do it on your 21st birthday and, and you can do shots, you know, before the recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay, cool. All right, so we're done. That was, uh, that was fun. It must be raining because a man ain't supposed to cry. But I look up and I don't see a cloud